It's unnecessary roughness. Josh Jacobs, the lone tailback. Carr, looked like he bobbled the snap. Throws the slant. It's caught. Touchdown, Devontae Adams. He bobbled the snap, got it off anyway. And for the second straight week, Devontae Adams has a silver and black touchdown. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Week two action right there against the Arizona Cardinals. Devontae Adams with the touchdown catch. And, uh, yeah, it was all good at that point. (laughs) Everything was good at that point. Everything was all good all the way up to halftime. It was all good when Nelly was talking about how hot in here it was getting. Going through all the hits. That dirty Nelly. Well, and then it didn't end like that. But, hey, that's another day. Another conversation for another day. It is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio holding it down. I am in the home studio uh, following day two of Raiders training camp and across the NFL. Training camp is training camp, and there's always one big concern when it comes to training camp, and that is always injuries. And today there was two potentially big injuries that have been reported and everyone's paying attention to right now. First with the Miami Dolphins, Jalen Ramsey went down with a knee injury today. Uh, He's getting an MRI. They're going to look at that and see what happened. But him and Tyreek Hill got tangled up. And so Tyreek Hill, Tyreek, or not Tyreek, but uh, Jalen Ramsey, that's obviously an area of concern. And then most recently, just less than an hour ago, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow went down, grabbed his calf. He had a sleeve on his calf, and uh, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, said it's a calf injury, so hopefully it is just a strain, and he's okay to avoid a a big-time injury, but that would be such a huge blow if something big happened to Joe Burrow. So those are a couple storylines, big storylines nationally that I'm following right now, trying to keep an eye on to see what's going on. And uh, close to home, as far as the silver and black is concerned, a couple quick roster moves that I want to update you on. The Raiders have signed cornerback Isaiah Brown, and in a corresponding move, they waived injured quarterback Jordan Perryman. So Isaiah Brown was a guy that was on the roster just a couple days ago, and then when he was waived uh, to make room for either Kyle Peco or Marcus Peters or, or Isaac Rochelle. But uh, he is back, and uh, Jordan Perryman has been waived uh, as he is injured. So just a couple little minor details when it comes to the silver and black, but obviously the bigger details around the NFL when it comes to Jalen Ramsey and Joe Burrow. But that's just, again, that's what happens at training camp, and that's why the, the coaches and that's why the organizations always say their biggest goal, their number one goal when it comes to training camp is just to get to the regular season healthy. So there's that. Of course, if we find out anything in the meantime, in between time, of course, we'll continue to update you throughout the course of the show. We've got a lot to get to on today's show, and I'm at the house, and you know I'm trying to uh, get some liquids in me, and I've been drinking a lot of water all day, just trying to stay hydrated. And you know, I think by next week I may be in mid-season form, right? I think by next week I'll be good to go. Right now I'm still, you know, when you're when you you go from the outside to the inside, and you start you're sweating so bad that your you know your back is all wet and all that's that, that's how it is right now, and it's not even that hot. Like, I mean, it's not even been the hottest. It's, I think it's going to get a lot hotter tomorrow and Saturday. We know that the Raiders practice tomorrow uh, and Saturday, and then they'll be off on Sunday, and then, boom, that'll be the first week. I'm not sure exactly what day they put pads on. Some people are anticipating Saturday. I don't think it's till next week, but that's just me. Uh, when we find out for sure, we'll definitely confirm that. But I think by next week, Ari, I think I'll be in, like, midseason form. So next, when I come on the show next week, I'll be like, all right. Let's go. Fire it up. I'm ready to go. Right now, I'm kind of easing into it. It's almost like, you know, dipping your toes into the water. You want to just, you know, kind of test the temperature to make sure it's all right. But I'll be all right by next week. It kind of crept up on us this year, right, though? We we had a nice amount of time where it was not that crazy hot. So 
I'm well, not ready. No, <laughs> I'm not well, going to be a midseason four. <laughs> no, I hear you, but I mean, it's like, yeah, you're right. The heat and temperature here in Vegas didn't, you know, it didn't crack a hundred for a long time. Then all of a sudden, it went hundred and something nonstop. But just being out there at the facility, I mean, it's just again, it just feels a little bit differently, right? And so when you go from being in the media room that's air conditioned to outside and it's hot, then back to the media room and it's air conditioned, then back outside and it's hot, then you're in your car and you're driving. It's just again, it's just a new. It's a new routine to get used to. So that's, that's the thing with me, and that's why I said I'll be in midseason form uh, next week, just trying to get my, my timing down, trying to figure out, okay, where I got to be at this certain time, when I got to get there. And uh, like I said, it, it's, 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 it's working out the kinks. But we'll be all right. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like I said, if that's the, if that's the worst thing I ever got to do is come up with a plan, <laughs> then I'll be doing all right. So uh, like I said, I, my, my plan is being in midseason form by next week so uh, there is that coming up on the show today we have some good guests that i'm excited about Vinny bonsignor leads us off at 2 30 uh, of course he's from the rj and the morning tailgate on radio nation radio 920 and vinnie's been out there each and every day and usually him and paul gutierrez and adam hill those are the guys that i usually uh, really hang around with during uh you know during the practice session and just kind of look around to sean reed as well kind of look around to see what we're, we're looking at and you know, I, I pay attention, and I say it every day, I pay attention a lot to the defense. And, and unfortunately for us, the defense is on field two and field three. Uh, we see more of the offense on field one and seeing a lot more of the special teams on field one, which we're closer to. But I try to pay attention to the defense uh, more more times than not just because I want to see what's going on. And, you know, when we see a little bit of 11 on 11 or a little 7 on 7 action, uh, that usually is a little bit closer to us at times. So that's always good. But, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, we'll, we'll get Vinny's observations from camp. Uh, only a handful of guys didn't participate today. Again, Nate Hobbs was not out there, and uh, I think that that's unfortunate. I really do. I hate that uh, Nate got hit with that softball during that charity softball game against the Golden Knights. Obviously, it was a fluke uh, injury, a fluke thing. You know, it wasn't something that, that he was out there being reckless. It just it just happens, right? And sometimes that's how things go. And I just think this is a big, important training camp for Nate, especially coming off the injuries that he suffered last season. Thought he was ready to get back out there and kind of show who he is. And, and I'm sure it's not going to be – long until he's back out there but unfortunate because he's not out there due to that right due to a softball off the face like you you'd want it I guess you'd want it to be something that at least you were participating with what you're supposed to be doing as opposed to a softball game a charity softball game but again that's how it goes sometimes so Nate Hobbs wasn't out there but we'll catch up with Vinny Boston you're about 2 30 talk about uh, what he's seen from the team what his observations are and let me go ahead and throw this disclaimer out there right now we've had folks that are and I and I I thought I did a really good job yesterday of letting everybody know there's no overreactions to the first couple days of training camp, not even the first week of training camp. These guys are in the ramp up period right now, so there's nothing that I'm ever going to come away from training camp the first couple days and be like, oh my gosh, Ari, I just saw the you know that quarterback was slinging it, man. He's he's going to be the guy. This I'm never going to do that, especially in the you know the first week, week and a half. I mean, look, these guys haven't even put pads on yet. They're literally just trying to ramp up. So for anyone that, that takes anything that we say when it comes to a training camp report and I guess, I don't know, runs with it like it's, like it's something massive. Like I heard people talking about we said that practice was like great and, and they just were fantastic on, on the first day. And that was far from the truth. Nobody said anything about practice being perfect and great and, man, they look sharp. No, I remember saying specifically practice was the first day. It looked like it was the first day. There was moments that, okay, that was pretty good. There's moments that I was like, eh, you know, not so much. Jimmy G for particular looked like a guy who hasn't thrown a ball in a while. 
every once in a while, as Paul Gutierrez joined the show yesterday, every once in a while, there'll be a throw that you're like, oh, that was a really good throw. And then there's other throws you're like, eh, not so much. But that's what this period is for. It's just a ramp-up period. So no one's ever going to come on, whether it's Vinny, whether it's Paul, whether it's Adam, if it's me just spitballing, JT, Harry, whatever the case may be, and, and, and try to blow smoke up your backside, there's no reason for that. There's absolutely no reason for that to tell you, oh, man, they look fantastic. This team is going to go and win the AFC West. This, it's day two, right? Like the expectations aren't for them to look great. The expectations are, are for them to get better and better each and every day. That's what the expectations are. And if they looked great and at their best on day one, then that means their best probably wasn't very good, <laughs> right? If they, if they all of a sudden knocked it out the park and they look great on day one, then that means great's probably not great enough. So whenever we, you know, check in with camp and check in with guys like Vinny and Paul and others uh, that cover the team like a glove, believe me, nobody's trying to sell you on the fact that the team is fantastic. That's, that's first and foremost. So Vinny will join us at 2.30 to give his thoughts on some people that he may be paying attention to. That's what I really like to talk about is certain guys that we're focusing in on because there's times that I'm focusing in on certain guys. There's guys times that Vinny's focusing in on other people. Paul's looking at something, and it all depends on what they're writing about. You know, or, or if there's something that intrigues them. Me, I'm lucky. I don't have to write anything. I get to just observe and come back and talk about it. I like that. But a lot of times, Vinny will have a story that he's writing. So maybe he's looking at special teams. So maybe on a certain day, special teams is his thing. Maybe he's trying to focus on the long snapper, and it's, it's not Trent Sieg anymore. So what is that looking like? Like, there's all kind of different storylines that these guys could be approaching. And that's why we bring them on to tell you what they're seeing. Because there usually is a certain focus that they have. Whereas me, I'm out there, and I get to observe just about anything. Oh, I'll, I'll pay attention to the running backs here. All right, I'll look at the wide receivers. Oh, how about I look at Aiden O'Connell? How about I look at the defensive backs? Like, that's, that's the, the thought process when we're out there. And sometimes I just watch Coach. I like to see how he reacts to plays, play in and play out. You know, how does he get the call in? What, what kind of teaching is he doing after a play? Is he going over and putting his arm around Aiden O'Connell and saying this, that, and the other? Or is he going and grabbing tight end Michael Mayer, putting his arm around him saying, hey, this is what you do, and kind of give him a teaching moment, right? I'm paying attention to guys. Who's, who's running laps? Like, you know, a couple, a couple guys did today, including Jimmy Garoppolo. He had to run a lap on a bad snap. It was a bad snap and a bad exchange, and guess what? Center and, and, uh, and Jimmy G were running. So that's something that we saw last year. Seen Jermaine Illuminor run a lap. That was yesterday, not today. It's just there's, there's like I said, there's, there's different elements. There's different things that, that each and every one of us focuses in on while we're out there at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. So I say all that to tell you, Vinny joins the show at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, I was actually on ESPN Radio earlier today with Shea Cornette and Harry Douglas, longtime NFL wide receiver, and uh, they were doing these what they call NFL two-a-days on ESPN Radio, and so today they were focusing in on the Raiders. So Paul Gutierrez did a really good piece uh, on the Raiders, kind of saying what the, what the camp storylines, in his opinion, were. So you'll hear that conversation. You'll hear Paul's part at the very beginning, and then you'll hear the conversation, the back and forth between uh, Shea, Corn Shea Cornette and uh, Harry Douglas and myself. You'll hear that coming up at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. She'll join the show to talk all things Aces. Uh, Raquana Williams is a, a young lady that hasn't played this year for the Aces, but she was arrested, uh, what, yesterday or the day before? Uh, on some domestic violence charges, and we know that uh, Raiders owner and Aces owner Mark Davis doesn't play when it comes to the domestic violence. And, of course, these are allegations, but there's a lot of them. 
I think she's got like nine charges, so it's definitely not a good thing. If you turn on the news at all, I'm sure you've seen it. If you turn on SportsCenter, I'm sure you've seen it. It's been everywhere. Uh, Candace Parker, she's out indefinitely with foot surgery. So as good as the aces are, they've only lost two games on the season. All of a sudden, uh, foot surgery here, uh, a player, you know, off the court situation here. Could there be a little bit of, you know, cracking the armor? I don't think so. But at the same time, depth is being hit. And it's not like they have the deepest roster in the league. And, and none of the teams in the WNBA have real deep rosters. So we'll talk to Paloma and talk about adversity. They smooth sail pretty much through the season so far, only losing two games. Now they're having a little bit of adversity on the court, having a little bit of adversity off the court. So we'll talk to Paloma Villacana coming up at 3.30. Then Coach Ken Carter, the real Coach Ken Carter, uh, he'll join the show at 4 o'clock. He was supposed to join us yesterday. He's got a team in the, uh, in the slam ball event, so we'll talk about the team. We'll talk about what they got going on. I didn't realize until I was doing some research that Coach Carter was part of slam ball the first time around. I didn't realize that, and maybe others did. I wasn't aware. I, I knew a slam ball back in the day, but I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention to who the coaches were and you know, all the players. I knew a couple of the players that were really good, and it's funny seeing some of those OG players uh, return when we were out there last Thursday, seeing some of those players uh, talking about the, you know, the guys that are playing now. It was pretty cool to see that, but I wasn't paying attention to who the coaches were. So after doing a little bit of research, I realized he was part of Slam Ball back in the day. We'll, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we'll talk to him about his team this year. Uh, also just talk to him about him being Coach Carter. Right? I mean, it's a pretty cool thing to have Coach Carter a part of the show. Pretty cool thing for me to be able to pick up my phone and send him a text and be like, hey, can you join the show today? He's like, yeah, Q, I got you. Like, I think that's cool. Coach Carter's a cool dude, uh, and I really became, you know, pretty tight with him when uh, both of us were living in Texas. I believe he's still in Texas. Obviously, I am not, but Coach Ken Carter will join the show coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, we'll have uh, reason or excuse. My man Ari will take over the wheels of steel and hit me with some topics, and I'll decide if it's a reason or excuse. Plus, we have winning on the way as well. It's a load of summer fun, and we're going to get you registered for four tickets to an Aviators game. We're going to do that a couple times throughout the course of the show. So Vinny Bonsignor at 2.30, Paloma Villacana 3.30, Coach Ken Carter at 4. And, of course, we'll hear from you throughout the course of the show as well. 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. We're already getting text messages by way of the, the text line, so we definitely appreciate that. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, you know it's training camp when players start to go down. I don't ever want to see any player go down, especially when it's the beginning of camp. Hopefully these injuries aren't too serious as Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, that's the thing about it. That's what stinks about training camp. So whenever somebody says, well, Josh Jacobs should be out there, they're giving him $10 million. Well, Josh Jacobs is saying, you know what? I want to make sure that I'm protected just in case. You never know what's going to happen in training camp. You never know what's going to happen in the regular season. So he doesn't want to take, you know, he, he doesn't want to take what he doesn't believe is, is valuable money for him because you just never know. Again, these guys never know what play is going to be the one, right? I mean, Joe Burrow was not touched, and he went down and grabbed his calf. So those non, non-contact injuries are always scary ones. So that's why I never begrudge any player for trying to get as much money as they, they possibly can because they never know when they're going to be their final play or they never know what kind of injury uh, may occur. So I'm with you, Sir Whiskey Ray. Hopefully these injuries uh, are not serious. Hopefully they're just, you know, like minor little issues and they're able to bounce back. And I would not be shocked if you don't see Joe Burrow anymore this uh, <laughs> this training camp or, or even preseason because, well, just get him to the regular season. I think he's going to be all right. But, uh, again, we got uh, plenty of calls and time for calls and texts as well, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Uh, also, you'll hear from Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. You'll hear from Chandler Jones. And we'll also let you hear from punter A.J. Cole. That's all coming up on the show today. So let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
the opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. All right, so this one today, I just want to throw out a simple question, and it's something that you can take your time and think about, and maybe while you're thinking about it, maybe we'll get to a couple of sound bites from, from defensive coordinator Patrick Graham as he talked with us earlier today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, but give me one surprise, one surprise that you actually could see happening coming out of training camp. It's simple. It's really simple. One surprise. I feel like every single year there's always a surprise. Sometimes it's a cut. Sometimes it's a guy that made the roster that you didn't see coming. Maybe it's somebody wins the starting job that you didn't see coming. Whatever the case may be, but one surprise that you actually could see happening coming out of training camp. Like, just what's your gut feeling? We're just spitballing here. Again, it's only two days of training camp, so there's no way I'm going to come on here and be like, well, this guy's going to win a job because this is what I just saw. I'm not going to do that. not going to go there. But with my one surprise – I'm going to say I think that an undrafted free agent, and I don't know who. I'm not trying to put a name out there because I don't know who. But I know last season or last training camp, four undrafted free agents made the 53-man roster. I think there will be an undrafted free agent that will be a starter. I think they'll start the season off as a starter, one of the starters on defense or offense. I don't know. I don't know who it is. And there's not anybody that I saw in the last two days that I'm like, yep, that's the guy. It's not, I'm, not, I'm not going there. So don't tweet at me and tell me that I lied to you. Don't tell me that, you know, all oh, you guys are saying this, that, and the other, and the national media said this. I don't know. I'm not saying any of that. And you know who you are. Don't, don't hit me with any of that. I'm not throwing any names out there because I have none. But I'm just going to roll with the fact that what, what has been said by Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler is it's not about how you get to the team. It's once you, what you do once you get to the team. And it looks like there's a lot of competition out there. That's what I can say. It looks like they're moving around a lot quicker than they were at this point last year. Again, it's only two days in the books. It just seems like there's a lot more teaching and coaching going on at this stage right now. It seemed like everything went a little bit slower last year. And it's not because everybody's a returner, because there's not. There's a lot of new guys on the roster that weren't there last year. There's a lot of depth on the, you know, a, a lot of depth in these different rooms. I think there's going to be a lot of competition in these different rooms. So, I just feel like somebody is going to step up whether on on offense or defense as an undrafted free agent and and end up being a starter coming out of training camp. When the Raiders are headed to Denver week 1, there's going to be an undrafted free agent that's going to be a starter. That could be on the offensive line. Guys like Dalton Wagner, Curtis McClendon. That could be a guy I mean, like Adam Plant has been talked about a couple times. Uh, that could be a guy. Try and think. Uh, there's, there's, there's other guys that are undrafted free agents. Um, I'm not going to put any running backs in that category because I do believe Josh Jacobs will be the starting running back week one. Not going to put that. But there's, there's undrafted free agents there in that position as well. I mean, there's, there's multiple guys to choose from. It's not like there's just one or two undrafted free agents on the roster. There's plenty. You know, according to Levi Edwards from uh, the Raiders, he said that Sam Webb, who was undrafted free agent last year, came up with interception today. Now, I didn't see that. You know, so I remember asking him, and he said he was on the far field, the, the very far field. There's three fields there at the practice facility. There's three, and he was on the very far field, and, that's, and he just happened to see it. So I didn't get to see that. I asked a couple of other guys like Vinny and Vic, and they didn't see it, but that's fine. I'm not questioning Levi. I'm just letting you know I didn't see it. So when you say, well, who, who threw the interception, I couldn't tell you. Right, And even when I asked Levi, he was like, I think it was Aiden O'Connell, <laughs> but it was pretty far away. And look, we are about as far away as possible. 
We start out at practice. We're under the far scoreboard, which is in, like, the corner of the practice facility. And then at some point uh, when they get to the stretching period, then we start to thin out a little bit on, on one sideline uh, of the fields. You know, and so, like I said, there's three fields, and the defense plays a lot in the middle field and then the far, far field. So what I really want to focus in on, I don't get to focus in on as much as I would like to because they're so far away, and it's, it's tough to see them at times. So a lot of times we get to see, you know, some of the offensive guys. We get to see Jimmy G. We get to see, uh, you know, the quarterbacks, Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer. We get to see them a lot during kind of warm-up drills, a little warm-up session. And that's the other thing I want to let you know about as well. A lot of people say, well, how come I only see a couple videos from you and then I don't see anything else the rest of practice? Because it's cut off. We only have a very small window of time that we can film. And we're really, honestly, this is what I learned last year, we're not even supposed to tweet during practice. We're not even supposed to tweet what we see during practice. We're not supposed to tweet until after practice. And that's, that, was, that was from the Raiders themselves. They, they told them that's in the handbook. So I'm learning stuff as I go. Because there was times where I was tweeting stuff during practice. They're like, yeah, you can't do that. Okay, no problem. I'm, I can follow the rules. But – if you ever wonder why you see videos at a certain amount of time and then you don't see them throughout the rest of the, the, the practice period, it's because of the window, the, the shutdown time has happened. And there's not anything that's massive going on. Like, they're not running any certain plays during that time. It's literally just drills, right? Like, there'll be little quick quick outs or there'll be, you know, running backs doing just drills and, or blocking from the tight ends or offensive linemen going through drills. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. It's nothing elaborate. It's nothing, no, no kind of plays. And there's some teams that – you know, allow more filming and, and this, that, and the other. That's fine. That's, that's good for them. It's not what the Raiders do, and that's okay. So we, we do and bring as much to the table as we possibly can. But that's just uh, – I've seen a couple of those, uh, you know, questions. Well, how come, you do, how come this is the same, same drill that you t- tweeted out yesterday? Because it's the same drill they were doing yesterday, <laughs> right? I mean, it's either, it's either we're going to do it or we're not. Right, and so I mean, I, I want to be able to provide as much video and 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 pictures for you as possible. But at the end of the day, we can only control what we can control. So the question I throw out there: one surprise that you actually see happening coming out of training camp? Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Also the wbroke.com text line six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We do have some sound bites from Coach Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator. But let me get a couple of these texts real quick. Big Dub Raiders said, "Q, my surprise coming out of camp is Spillane gets cut." And Luke Masterson will be a starting linebacker. Go Raiders. That's, a, that's an interesting one. Because Spillane's an interesting guy. That's why it's an interesting one to me. Uh, I know that his strong skill set is not coverage. I know that he's a downhill thumper. Uh, but they also brought him in as a free agent. And so obviously they saw something in, in him to, to make sure that they invest in him uh, pretty early. And, and they liked what they saw with him when he was playing with Pittsburgh last year. So that, that one is intriguing to me because I don't know yet. I don't really know who Robert Spillane is. Uh, I could see, like I said, I could see somebody, you know, like an undrafted free agent earning a spot. And look, Luke Masterson was an undrafted free agent a year ago. Darian Butler was an undrafted free agent a year ago. I think there's going to be an undrafted free agent that's going to be a starter coming out of camp. And, that, again, that's just me kind of spitballing and, and, and uh, you know, coming from my gut just because I feel like there's a lot of competition there. But I, I don't, I'm interested to see what, what Spillane does. I think that he, he needs to have – he needs to show a lot in, in preseason. Let's put it like that. I think he's going to get some burn in preseason. I know he'll get a lot of burn when it comes to the joint practices. That's really going to be interesting to see when they play the Niners and the Rams in joint practices. That's going to be fun to watch. Is that I think that you'll start to really get to see what's going on with the, you know, with the team and start to figure out who's who when you, uh, when you get to see them going up against someone else that's not wearing the same jersey. 
Uh, Jim from Yonkers said, you know what's worse is skipping training camp and getting hurt week one because that player was not in shape. All right, he's talking about apparently Josh Jacobs not uh, not being in camp. And, again, I'm not going to count a dude's pockets and tell him what to do with his, uh, you know, what he feels is right. I, I understand. And usually when guys hold out, that does make me nervous as well because I do think that they're going to get injured. But technically Josh Jacobs is not holding out. He's got a franchise tag contract at $10 million that he has not signed, so he doesn't have a contract. He doesn't. He's not under contract, so he's not holding out. He's not holding in. He's just he's out there, and hopefully he's he's uh, training on his own so he can be in shape whenever he does decide to sign that franchise tag. And he said the one surprise would be a veteran right tackle would be brought in. Also, all these receivers can't possibly make the roster. Detroit and other teams need receivers. Heat wave in New York. Thanks for a great show. It's Jim from Yonkers. That's that's a good one. I like that one when it comes to the wide receivers because there is a deep wide receiver room. So something's got to give at some point, right? Trey Tucker made a really good catch today on the sideline. Saw that. I also saw Devontae. I also saw Jacoby Myers. I also saw Keelan Cole. It was like three plays in a row, three passes in a row. Every one of them dropped them. (laughs) It was really weird. I don't know if it was the way the ball was coming out, what the case was. I don't know if it was the angle. I have no idea. But it was just really weird to see those three guys in particular drop a ball, like drop, drop, drop in a row. And then, of course, you know, they came back and – and, and caught the passes the next time around. But it just it was it was weird to see drops from those guys like that consecutively. Hunter looked pretty decent out there, I thought, today. But, again, I mean, these guys are, are running on air for the most part, and they don't have any pads on. So uh, thank you, Jim, for that. I do appreciate you. Uh, also, this one's from the 707. My surprise that could happen is that Jimmy G makes it through camp and starts game one, not to beat the injury horse again. But that, to me, would be the surprise. And I, that's fair. I'm not I'm not mad at that. Like I don't want to say it, but I I'll say this when he when he had to run the lap, I was like, does he, does he have to run the laps? You know what I mean? Even though I know that why they're doing it and why he had to run it, but I thought that might be a little unnecessary for Jimmy, right? I mean, just but you have to hold the guys accountable. I get it. And if an injury's going to happen, it's going to happen. As much as we hate to say it and and you hate to see it, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I mean, you just you kind of know what it is. But I get I get exactly what he's saying. You know, the text from the 707, uh, his surprise would be Jimmy G making it to week one. And, you know, I don't want to put that into the universe. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to make it to, to week one. I'm assuming he's going to play throughout the course of the season. Right? I'm just going to assume it until he's not. That's just that's, – that's, that's where I'm going to be at because, again, I don't want to put in that uh, bad juju in the air. But I would uh, like to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R, so com text line. One surprise that you could actually see coming out of training camp, something happening coming out of training camp, that one surprise that uh, you're looking for, 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor joins the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. I think you just keep it simple. You know, we, we choose what we work on each day. We improve those things. I felt great about our group, and I feel even better. They're here, more experienced, stronger. So, uh, yeah, we just keep our head down, grind, and that's all there is to it. It's unnecessary roughness. Now, we go inside the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, sponsored by Dos Caras Tequila, and presented by the Realty One Group. And Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines. Fine work there. All right, great job on that return. You heard Colton Miller from earlier today. 
He uh, met with the media, him and Chandler Jones and Patrick Graham and A.J. Cole all met with us after uh, practice today. But uh, that was Colton Miller uh, just briefly there at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. But as I mentioned, Vinny Bonsignor joins us now on the phone lines from the RJ and, of course, the morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Vinny, I was kind of explaining how everyone has – I don't want to say an agenda, but everyone has a different – point of view when they're out there on the side watching training camp some guys are looking at one thing some guys are focusing on another thing when you're out there what in what in general are you looking for like in particular today what were you looking for from the team i was looking at the uh secondary um i like to look at rotations uh you, you can usually figure out quite a bit on who's getting reps with the with the uh first number ones and number twos for instance we, for instance we saw Jacorian bennett out there uh, quite a bit with that top group because uh, to paint sort of a picture for fans, you have kind of half the team, usually your ones and twos, working on one uh, side of the field and on the other side of the field. It's usually beyond that. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. second and third stringers or really your third stringers. So uh, you want to be, as a player, up with those big, uh, the, you know, the, the, the top lines, basically. If I'm always looking for what's the rotation look like today? And, and today in particular, I was looking at the secondary, um, you know, the safeties, Christopher Smith, Isaiah Palomao, um, you know, Trevor or, or, or uh, Trayvon Merrick, uh, Jaquarian Bennett, as we mentioned, uh, Duke Shelley was, was in that group. So uh, that was kind of what my focus was uh, today. I'm always going to keep my eye on the quarterback and whether uh, balls are being delivered where they, they need to be. There were a couple of, um, you know, I felt like uh, some, some, I like Jimmy, you know, uh, short change, short, short armed a couple of passes, but I always have to remind myself, Jimmy G hasn't thrown a football competitively since December, early December of last year. He didn't have OTAs, he didn't have mini camps, so there's going to be some rust in his game. He's looked, you know, good for the most part. There's been a few hiccups. I think he'd be the first to admit that, but there's probably a pretty good reason for that, being that he hasn't been out there, been able to, to go out there and practice up until just yesterday. Right, exactly. That was the first day on grass, and you saw, like you mentioned, a couple short arms, a couple you know, bad passes, and maybe even bad's not even the right word, but just not what Jimmy G wanted. But I wanted to get back to the secondary since that was the focus that you were looking at. Uh, what did you see from those guys, especially like a guy like Ja'Cory and Bennett and Chris Smith, who are rookies? Yeah, it, it feels like both players um, belong. Like they're not intimidated by anything. Um, you, you watch them, and, and, and you don't – I don't see rookies. You know what I'm saying? I know they are rookies. They're in their first week of training camp, uh, but but they feel kind of polished. You know what I'm saying? And and in, in, in Smith's case, he's a dude that's played. And I know it's not the Super Bowl uh, in college football, but those college playoffs are a big deal. The SEC championship game is a big deal. It's 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 the, the pomp and circumstance. Um, it's not quite the Super Bowl, but it's pretty close if you've ever covered a national championship game, and I know you've been at a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it feels like a guy like Christopher Smith, who's played in big game after big game after big game, um, there's nothing about this that's really intimidating to him. And in Jacorian Bennett's case, I just I, 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 a, he's, he's a, a long cornerback in terms of the height. He moves really well, very smooth. I like the way he comes in and out of his, his cuts. Uh, he looks like a fluid athlete over there at cornerback. Um, and probably a little bit faster than he might look but just, just by eyeballing him. Uh, and so I, I like what I've seen from Jacorian as well. 
Yeah, no, those two guys, they do look the part, and, and I said it on the show yesterday that I don't know what kind of corner Bennett's going to be, but he's got speed, and he's running with – it don't matter who's trying to stretch the field, he's at least running with them. So I think that that's positive because the Raiders have a, a lot of youth, and they look like they have a lot of uh, speed on their team right now, which is something they might not have had even a year ago. How important do you think it is, especially on the defensive side of things, to have a lot of young players that, if it works, they can grow together? I think it's vital, uh, and we've, I've counted it up how many new faces uh, there, there are on defense over you know, the, the period of time that Josh McDaniels uh, and Dave Ziegler uh, are, have, have come aboard. And a lot of those players are guys that are on, under con- contractual control uh, you know, for the next four years, some, in some cases five years. And you know, obviously those guys have to hit. But if they do, then that means you're staying around, you're growing with your teammates, um, you're, you're developing chemistry. Hopefully, you know, the same defensive coordinator is going to be here for a little while, so you're hearing the same message. You're learning it inside out. You're teaching it to the next group that comes uh, in behind you, your, your new younger teammates. Uh, and it just becomes a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy of building it from within developing your own, have those guys be the parents of the coaches, delivering the message to the new teammates, and have it predominantly be a homegrown operation. Obviously, you're always going to have to go out and free agency or trade, you know, to fill a hole here or there. But I think where the Raiders really want to get to is be predominantly homegrown with a guy here or a guy there through free agency. So everybody's hearing the same message. Everybody's grown up you know, under the same tutelage um, and the same system and the same scheme. Uh, to me, that's how championship teams are built. Vinny Boston, you are our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I did want to ask you about a couple of third-year guys, Trayvon Merrick and Nate Hobbs. We haven't seen Nate Hobbs. He took the softball off the eye during the charity softball game. And Trayvon Merrick was out there, but he was just out there. What, what are your thoughts on those two guys? I've asked multiple times how critical this training camp and preseason is, but – what, what, what is the expectation? What do you need to see from those two guys? Yeah, I think in a case like uh, Trayvon Merrick, uh, what you want to see is him getting back to what he was doing in college, which was being a ball hawk, being aggressive, being a confident player. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give him a little bit of wiggle room, uh, being that he was in his second defensive system in two years last year, uh, and he did suffer an injury, and, and maybe that you know, kind of held him back a little bit. But I think the Raiders drafted him to be a playmaker uh, right. in the secondary, and he just hasn't really been that yet. Uh, you know, Nate Hobbs, obviously, he's been been, been injured. Um, he's losing some valuable time right now. We were talking about that on the sideline uh, today, Q, in terms mm-hmm. of you know, Jacorian Bennett's out there. Marcus Peters is there. I mean, he didn't get a whole lot of reps today. I think they're going to ease him into it, so rightfully so, as a veteran player. But eventually he's going to be out there as one of the perimeter cornerbacks. Um, Where is it going to leave a guy like Nate Hobbs? Or does he slide into uh, the slot quarterback role, uh, role, which is what he excelled at uh, as a a rookie player? But, you know, then you got Tyler Hall there. There's other players. Duke Shelley was playing in the slot today. So um, it's great for competition, no doubt about that. But but those are two young players that I think uh, really face big seasons in terms of defining – who are you? You know, are you, are you part of this long range? Uh, are you just kind of passing through? Are you somebody that the Raiders can count on uh, to be decisive players? Because that's what this defense has lacked for so long is decisive players. And, oh, by the way, 
there's some young guys uh, that are that, that that appear ready to be those types of players. So how much longer can you hold on when you're getting pushed uh, by some of these younger guys? On the offensive side of things, of course, we want to start with the quarterbacks, and you talked about a rotation earlier. Uh, right now, that's what the Raiders are doing with the quarterback situation. Jimmy G, Aiden O'Connell, Brian Hoyer, not necessarily in that order. They're all rotating with the ones. I mean, they're all throwing to Devontae. What do you think about the rotation uh, that they're having right now with the quarterbacks early in camp? Yeah, and, and I think it's, it's you know, uh, this, this next six weeks is super important, you know, for, for Jimmy to, to shake off that rust. From not playing, um, and and so I think that's vital. That's critical. Uh, number one, and then and then secondarily to that is how quickly can Aiden O'Connell um, sort of push aside Brian Hoyer to be maybe the backup just in case Jimmy G uh, goes down? Because I think if you're the Raiders, you want that to be how it flows. Uh, you know, Brian Hoyer is somebody that's been a, a, a true veteran in this league, a, a true. Uh, a guy that does his that, that 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 performs his role, and really, when you think about it, the last few years for him, his role has been has been to get young quarterbacks ready to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's an emergency and it has to be him, you know, he can go out there and equate himself pretty well. Uh, but really, what he's what he's here to do is to get Aiden O'Connell uh, ready. I'll say this too about Aiden O'Connell: I can't wait to see what it looks like when he gets out there, you know, um, against the Rams and the Forty ers uh, whether it's the games or, or the joint practices, I think he's going to get a lot of time uh, in this preseason, and I want to see how he handles things. But, but when you watch him play out there, just right now, um, he's got he's got a, a, a cool demeanor about himself. I like the way he can flick it. Uh, the ball comes out pretty quick and pretty decisively. Uh, I want to see what that looks like now in games. Yeah, no, me too. Uh, again, I don't want to overreact because these guys don't have pads on. It's only the second day. But, you know, Jimmy G, his expertise is not throwing the ball down the field. Brian Hoyer looks like he, you know, is really kind of laboring to get the ball down the field. But when Aiden O'Connell throws it down the field, it's like a flick of the wrist. Like, here you go. <laughs> right? And it just it just, it just gets down there. He's got a live arm, Vinny, for sure. I agree with that. And, uh, and, I, and I look at the body, you know, I looked at him in, in college. It feels like he's leaned out a little bit. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm sure that's going to help some of the mobility. That's not his strength in terms of running it, but if he can at least manage the pocket uh, and, and, you know, be able to maneuver in and around whatever pressure comes his way, um, you know, that's obviously going to help. So the physique, uh, it looks like he got on a little bit of a program to, to lose some weight, uh, but there's no doubt in terms of the arm, uh, when it comes out, I haven't seen him throw a back pass yet, to be honest with you. I know it's early, and we all understand that it's, it's just shorts and, and shoulder pads and, and your helmet. So uh, it'll, it'll start getting ramped up here a little bit next week when they, when they put the pads on. Uh, but he throws a pretty nice ball. Yeah, he does. I, I would say that. So far, so good when it comes to Aiden O'Connell. He's thrown a couple of highs so far that I've seen, but for the most part, he does throw a, a really good ball. Again, we're talking to Vinny Bonsignor here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and SSA Roughness. Just got a couple more questions. And earlier today, I was on a call with ESPN, uh, Harry Douglas and uh, Shea Cornette, and they asked me the question of, how does this offense look different with Jimmy G running it as opposed to Derek Carr? So I asked you the same question. What are your expectations for a Jimmy G ran offense? Uh, um, maybe more efficient. I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, we're not going to see the long ball consistently like we did the last couple of years. Um, you know, uh, once Nelson Aguilar got here, uh, I think it freed up. And then while Henry Ruggs, to the extent that Henry Ruggs was here, I think it freed up Derek to be more aggressive throwing the 
long ball, and obviously Devontae, uh, you know, helps that along as well. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that that's in Jimmy G's, you know, uh, arsenal. I think they'll they'll take some chances. You got to with the kind of players that they have and some of the speed that you've added. And I, I've, I've felt the speed. I feel like there is more speed on this team, both off, offensively and defensively. Yeah. And we talked about that a lot last year, about the kind of the lack of explosiveness uh, that they had. Uh, but, but the efficiency in the red zone, uh, understanding the offense a little bit more, extending plays a little bit at, you know, uh, uh, he's not an athlete that's going to go, you know, run the ball uh, on anybody. But I've seen enough of him being able to, kind of maneuver around the pocket, get out of, you know, uh, a sack, keep his eyes downfield and still be able to make a play. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that than you did with Derek Carr. So um, I, that's my guess, you know, but we have to see it. I don't, I, you know, um, that, that would be my guess. And if they can get better in the red zone, how many times have we talked about that over the years, then the, then the offensive operation is going to be uh, much better because they've shown that they can move the ball. It's what happens once they get in the twenty uh, within the twenty yard line, and they haven't been very good at that for a while now. No, you're right about that. My answer, and actually, I'm going to play the interview coming up at the top of the hour. But my answer was just the ball is going to get out of his hands quick, right? And it's going to be a snap, boom, yes. boom, step, step, pat, pat, boom, ball, snap, pat, pat, boom, small. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what it's going to be. It's nothing going to be standing around in the pocket trying to make some big long play develop downfield. It's going to be get the ball out of his hands quick, fast, in a hurry, and let his playmakers make plays after that. I agree with that, and we are seeing some of that already. I mean, yep. I know they haven't really gone heavily 11-on-11, 11 11, but what we've seen so far, and this is kind of typical at this point in camp, they've, they've been working a lot more on those intermediate, uh, getting the ball out to your playmakers. Even Hunter Redbow got a couple of those today, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and let them do let them take it from there. And, uh, and, and if you could be efficient getting the ball out, they've got enough athletes out there um, whether you're talking about their tight ends or, or their wide receivers, if you put the ball in their hands and let them go do their thing um, in a quick manner and, and an up-tempo type of an offense, uh, that, that would look different than what it's been like here uh, with the Raiders. Right, no doubt about it. Final question for you, Vinny. Chandler Jones, he met with us after practice, and we'll hear some sound bites from him in a little bit. But what did you think about the overall, I guess, message that he had today? He seemed to me like he had a little bit of edge, not in a disrespectful way, but just seemed like he had a little bit of edge or a little something on his mind today. Well, yeah, and if you're, if you're Chandler Jones, um, you've heard, you know, a lot of the criticisms of the year that he had last year, the season that he had last year. Uh, I know everyone in the building will point to, you know, this is the guy that did his job in terms of setting the edge and, you know, being a, being a power guy against the run and doing what he was asked to do. And, and that's all great and all. But the fact of the matter is Chandler Jones was brought in here not just to set the edge as a defensive end. It was to get pressure on the quarterback. Yep. And for far too long of a period last year, he really wasn't able to do that on a consistent basis. He did over the last four games uh, before getting hurt. Uh, but that's what the Raiders need to see more of. And, and, and I'm sure he's heard all that criticism. I mean, he signed a big contract, and he didn't live up to it. I know that he's heard that and seen all that. So, yeah, uh, he probably does have a little bit of a, of a chip on his shoulder, but so be it. Right. If, that, if that's the, uh, the key that unlocks Chandler Jones to be more of a Chandler Jones and you get something from Tyree Wilson, all of a sudden, now you might have something opposite Max Crosby. And if that happens, that all those things that we talk about were, you know, creating turnovers and creating havoc and, and you know, being able to, to make plays defensively, I think that starts to improve if guys like Chandler Jones and Tyree Wilson are doing their job. 
I agree, 100%. Well, it was uh, it's always good being out there, you know, checking out practice, seeing what we can see. We'll be back out there tomorrow and Saturday, and then they're off on Sunday. So, Vinny, what are you working on, man? What are you writing about that we should be on the lookout for? I'm writing what we just talked about, uh, <laughs> you know, forcing turnovers. You know, seriously, because yeah. there's been a concerted effort. You know, when you talk about Ja'Cory and Bennett and Christopher Smith, these are guys that have 11 uh, interceptions combined the last mm-hmm. few years. Uh, that's not a bad number. You know, you bring in a Marcus Peters who has, what, 32 interceptions in his career, six that he's taken back for touchdowns. Uh, you know, they're, they're preaching it. How many times have we heard disruptive, be disruptive, um, you know, get your hands on the quarterback or hands on the ball? It sure sounds like a, a point of emphasis this, this year, but, you know, I think Raider fans would say they're kind of tired of, of this being a point of emphasis. They need to see it start happening on the field. Yeah, no, they do. And look, Devon Diablo's trying. He's had two days in a row yeah. where he's tried. He's got his hands on the ball, but he hasn't come out with the play. And today's was a little bit tougher than yesterday's. But still, at some point, they've got to become routine, and they've got to make those plays. So uh, he's trying. <laughs> That's for sure. It's only day two, so I don't want to overreact. Well, Vinny, great stuff, man. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. All right. Sounds good. Thank you Enjoy the rest of your show. Absolutely, will do. Thanks so much, man. Vinny Boston, you are right there from the RJ. And, of, of course, Raider Nation Radio 920. You can hit, check him out on the morning tailgate with Lindsey Brown and Clay Baker. That's 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. He's writing for Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter at Vinny Bonsignor. How about we hook you up? How about we give something to you? Give back to the community. Do something good for your country. That's what I always like to say. How about we right now get you qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game? It's a Lotus Summer of Fun. You get qualified for those tickets. You're one step closer to the four-day trip to Orlando's Disney World, Orlando's Universal Studios, plus a tour of the Kennedy Space Center. You can take the trip. Or you could take the $3,000 cash, but I want to get you registered right now, first and foremost, for the four tickets to the Aviators game. 702-365-9200. Call number nine here on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no free lunch. You have to weigh the impact to the team on every decision that you make, and the system will cause it to evolve. And the system has gotten more relative to the budgets that you have. It's gotten more quarterback friendly and less running back friendly. That isn't just the Cowboys, that's the game as it is today. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. First of all, big shout out to my man Terrence. He got registered for the four tickets to Aviators game. He's in to win that, right? That's obviously the first step in the Lotus Summer of Fun. So big ups to my man Terrence. But right there, Ari had the fine work of getting Jerry. Oh, Jerry Jones on there. Jerry talking about the running back position. That's not just the Cowboys. That's the NFL. That's why I had to send Zeke on his way and get Tony Pollard in. That's exactly why I played that. I knew you I would. Really I know. You always try to egg me on to do that. It's what I do. Between you between you and Chris Carter. Chris Carter hosts the Lockdown Steelers show. He always tries to egg me on to do that damn Jerry Jones voice, too. And then he wants to Love keep it. it going and going and going. My throat starts hurting after a while, man. I can't keep doing that. <laughs> but I can't keep doing this. We got hour number two of Red Nation Radio on the way. It's unnecessary roughness.